At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Season 1, Episode 163, Return of the Mac, Part 1. That's right. We'll have Greg McElroy join us in 45 minutes to discuss some college football. And tomorrow, Brian McFadden. We'll have two Macs in a row here on Hall of Fame Week, Amal. Absolutely right. Can't wait to ask uh, Greg McElroy about the uh, Quinn Ewers, the South Lake Carroll product, just like Greg McElroy. Signs for $1.4 million now in terms of NIL with Ohio State. Mike, I'm telling you, this is going to be a big problem in college football. When you get a freshman coming in who's never played a down and he's making more money than anybody in college, uh, this is going to be ugly. Is he a TikTok star or one of these social platforms? Well, yeah, you you know I'm huge on social media, so I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Pinterest, one of those things. <laughs> uh, let's continue on with uh, some more news and notes around the NFL. We talked yesterday about the Saints Sean Payton said it was unlikely they would be able to play any games in the Superdome in the month of September due to the hurricane. It's been announced that Sunday night opener against the Packers will be at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they don't get enough fans for the Jaguars, but we thought we'd put another game in a city where they can barely get attendance. Well, here's my question. Somebody should put this number up. Will there be more Saints fans in attendance than the average number of Jacksonville fans in attendance for Jaguar games? Uh, it's a great question, especially with the way the Jags have gotten off to a start so far in this preseason. Uh, by the way, Woody, how long do you think Urban lasts in Jacksonville? 
We talked about coaches like Dan Campbell making dumb statements. Yeah. How about Urban about how he considered everyone's vaccination status when he decided on the roster? They had to backpedal the organization today and said vaccination status had nothing to do with any of the cuts. Well, you know, <laughs> too late. I mean, it, it doesn't matter, but that's the reality of it yeah. because you don't want to have to forfeit a game or you wind up in a situation, I mean, not forfeit, but you know, in a situation where you lose some players. Uh, I don't know. That's a mistake on his part. We saw this line earlier talking about Packers Saints again, two and a half, some threes. With the news that it's not in the Superdome, the number is traveling north over a field goal now. It sits at Packers minus four and a half. Do you have any interest in this game at the current number of all? I do not. Uh, a little bit high here on the road. Let's see. Uh, look, I, the one thing I think you can't discount is Jameis Winston's the first overall pick. Sean Payton's a tremendous play caller. I, they are without Michael Thomas, which is a big blow from an offensive perspective. But you're getting four and a half points. You still have a t- very talented uh, New Orleans team. And I think the fact that Drew Brees stepped away, everyone's making a big deal about it. But we, you know the one thing I don't like in the NFL? Tom Brady doesn't get called out, and Drew Brees never got called out. Drew Brees was god-awful the end of the year, uh, his last season. I don't know why people forget the fact that this guy couldn't throw the ball 40 yards down the field unless somebody didn't have with, uh, a defender within 10 yards of him. And they were still in position to beat the Buccaneers in the playoffs before the fumble. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to total a little bit here, and I'm an unders player. I think 50, you take that crowd noise out of effect, it won't, it won't hamper Green Bay on offense because you're not going to – it's an outdoor stadium. It'll be beautiful weather in Jacksonville, perfect playing conditions. I think 50 is a little too short here. I tend to agree with you, especially with the fact that, remember last year, they didn't call a lot of holding penalties. They were like, you can go ahead and mug the defenders. We want points. That's what the general public likes. Could see that here in this matchup as well. Patriots yesterday released Cam Newton. Mac Jones going to be their starter. Of course, we're going to ask Greg McElroy about that. Another in the long line of, of Alabama quarterbacks that were successful in college. Can it translate to the pro? So far, that hasn't happened. Um, market's now up on where cam is going to land we talked to mike sando the senior nfl writer for the athletic yesterday he doesn't think there's really a market for cam out there but the odds are now up via points at with the cowboys and the football team being co-favorites at plus 550 right behind them steelers and colts at six to one ravens and texans and dolphins at eight to one and the panthers at ten to one it's like nfl coach of the year everybody's within a small window here you're absolutely yeah. right. And uh, to me, when you look at Dallas, obviously it makes the most sense. Cooper Rush, the backup. I don't know. You know, generally speaking, we always looked at Green Bay having the precipitous drop-off from uh, Aaron Rodgers to Hundley uh, at the quarterback position. Now when you look at this team with Dallas, I don't know if there's a bigger drop-off in the NFL between Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush. The thing is, can his personality fit at this point in time? As Mike alluded to yesterday, is he willing to accept a backup role? I don't know if he's willing to do that. That's going to be the interesting thing. I think in Washington with Fitzpatrick, he'll be fine because Fitzpatrick has enough uh, kind of uh, just credibility that he, he can subdue Cam a little bit. I find the team interesting here. So so I say no on the Cowboys because wouldn't they would have gone out and gotten Minshew for a sixth-round pick if, if they were concerned about Dak? I would agree with you, but maybe they don't believe in Minshew. Okay, how about the Steelers here? And I say that from the perspective of would Cam fit. Tomlin's a player's coach, right? Yeah. Yep. I think they would embrace him maybe more than he was embraced in New England or he might be embraced – the Colts, I think they have two young quarterbacks that are very good. I don't think they're interested in going and getting at Cam. So for me, when I look at this list, Steelers at 6-1 to one is the play. Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. We're going to have Greg McElroy, former Alabama national winning champion quarterback, join the program in just about 40 minutes, talking about where the market might be for Cam Newton's next team. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I'll tell you, Mike, to me in that Super Bowl, when he didn't dive for that football, I thought it was so detrimental to how he'd be perceived by the rest of the team and players you might play with in the future. I think he's a tough guy. Look, he's got immense talent, but I think he's kind of at the end of the road when it comes to his career. He's not the same player he was uh, in Carolina when he was a league MVP and had tremendous season. 
but I'm not really looking to bring him in. I, I mean, he's a good insurance policy, but do you really believe if you sign Cam Newton, if your starting quarterback gets hurt wherever he winds up, you're going to be able to overcome that, and he's going to lead you to where you want to go? Yeah, certainly that play was pivotal in his career. When you think about the success that he had when he came to Auburn and how he changed that whole team, I mean, in college he was so big. He used to just, I used to say he can lean for four yards. There's no stop, shot of stopping that team on fourth and two or three. They're just going to give it to Cam and let him run into the line. Took him to a national championship game there. They beat Alabama. He started off his career in Carolina with an MVP season there in 15, taking him to Super Bowl 15-1. and one. And since then, just a lot of question marks and inconsistency. No question. A good summation there by you. I'll tell you what, go back to the University of Florida. Think about this. This impacted where Urban went. If, if he doesn't get arrested and kicked off the football team at the University of Florida for stealing a laptop, he's probably at Florida. They're probably on a run of dominance that's still probably going on for a long time because Cam, when you think about it, as great as Vince Young was in college, Cam Newton, to me, was probably even more special because he had the ability to throw the football with much more accuracy, single-handedly brings them back against Alabama, leads them to a national title. I thought he was the most dominant college player of the last decade from that perspective, what he did. Maybe... Uh, I would say the MVP of a team, what he did for that Auburn team, that wasn't a great team at all. I, I mean, the average person, I mean, you, you know, Michael Dyer, I can remember a tailback. Who can you name on that I team know. real quick off the top of your head? It and was a, all Cam. And after he left, it wasn't long for Gene Chizik either, and he was out the door. And then uh, Uncle Gussie and his small rundown there as well. Uh, Bill Belichick in the news again today, playing chess again. You know, Brian Flores has been very closely guarded with his game plan. They play in week one in Miami. Patriots at Dolphins not wanting... Bill Belichick, the defensive mastermind, to get a look. And I say that with a little little bit of tongue-in-cheek because of what they did against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But certainly throughout his career with these great game plans he's had, both with the Giants and the Patriots in those early Super Bowls, a look at his new offense. Well, forget about that. Malcolm Perry was claimed uh, wide receiver, claimed off waivers by the Patriots. Yeah, no surprise. I want to get a little bit of an inside look in terms of what the Miami Dolphins could potentially do. But I do disagree with your assertion that Belichick didn't do a good job in that Super Bowl. They forced one punt. Philadelphia never forced one punt, so give Belichick credit. He got one stop. <laughs> All right, it's time to play one of our favorite games, Eight Burning Questions. Well, let's start off a team we're both high on, the Cleveland Browns. Are they good enough in week one to win at Kansas City and not just cover the six? Yeah, Mike, great question. I think they can cover this game. And now, if they get some breaks, they can win it. But I don't think right now, the way things are, it's going to be so tough going on the road to Kansas City. I like the Chiefs to win this game. But I think the Browns have a great shot to cover. I'm not going to get involved in this one. Look, look, I think this is going to be a redemption tour for this Kansas City team. I know they got to the Super Bowl. But I think Mahomes feels like he's got something to prove. Had he won that Super Bowl, and I thought Peter King made an excellent point. Had he won that Super Bowl, this was a guy that was potentially on the trajectory to get into the conversation with Brady for the greatest of all time. Now, Brady has put so much space between himself and anyone else in the future. It, Mahomes would have to win four or five Super Bowls to even get into the mix. But, look, I, I think this Kansas City team's got something to prove, and it starts in week one. Is Kansas City the best team in the NFL right now? For my money, yes. I'm interested in the first part of the season to see this new offensive line and how dominant they can yeah. be. Um, you know, Michael Lombardi makes a great point. Just because Andy Reid throws the ball mostly doesn't mean they're not a physical team. And, and I think this team, I agree with him. Where's the five losses? Twelve and a half, I'm going over for them. I tend to agree with you. Now, the only way you get burned is injuries. And remember one thing in today's NFL, it's a little bit different. You can't really touch these quarterbacks. So as long as you don't lose Mahomes, you're probably not that concerned about an injury situation. All right. 
Question two, can the 49ers be a legitimate threat in the NFC if Trey Lance plays long-term? Boy, Mike, this is a terrific question. I'm going to tell you no, because I, I think as good as he could potentially be, or at least what the 49ers project him to be, in 2021, I don't believe that's the case. To be able to come in against potentially extremely talented defenses in Tampa, very good defense in Green Bay, a great, I don't want to say great, but a very, very good defense in the, you know, just a tremendous run that the Rams had last year. Mike, I think it's going to be really tough for a young rookie, and especially with the lack of confidence they have in Garoppolo. They're going to need the running game once again. They're the third choice, actually, to win the NFC, um, according to DraftKings. The Buccaneers are favored at plus 275. I know you like the Packers at plus $6 here to make it to the Super Bowl. 49ers are plus $6. Rams are plus 650. Are you willing to like in a two-way market lay the no price here on the 49ers making the Super Bowl? Let's say it's let's say it's minus 1050 minus 1100. You know there's a big there's a there's a big straddle in these type of markets. I, look, I firmly believe they're not going to get there. Yeah. But is it worth laying 10 to 1? I don't think so. Well, you believe the Rams are going to win the division, so they'd have to do it as a wild card and win yeah. three road games. You know, also, I don't understand why when you look at San Francisco's record outside of the one year, two years ago they got to the Super Bowl, we're acting like this is Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. I mean, look, this is a very good defensive team, but Bosa's coming off an injury. I love Fred Warner. I think he's the best linebacker in the NFL. Uh, but there's some question marks with this team. They've got to be able to prove it. And then when the chips are down, can they throw the ball and win games? All right, let's pin you down on right now preseason your Super Bowl. Who wins the AFC? Who wins the NFC? Who's your Super Bowl champ? Uh, I'm going to go with the AFC, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams, and then the Super Bowl. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think the fact that they lost and got embarrassed in that Super Bowl is one of the worst things that happened for the rest of the league. You think the margin of victory is important, and what you're handicapping is the Chiefs' mission this year. Yeah. The fact that they got blown out. Yeah, you know, normally speaking, you made a great point. Teams that have lost the Super Bowl generally don't tend to do well the following year. I think when you look at Mahomes, he's only rising in terms of his prime where he's at. This guy now, what is he entering? His fourth year in the league. I mean, what he's already been able to accomplish has been off the charts, tremendous. And I, I think he's got them going in the right direction. Excuse me, fifth year. Um, I think he's in a position, maybe not statistically, but from a team standpoint, I think they've had an opportunity to have a tremendous season. All right, we'll go from uh, Super Bowl down to divisions. In your opinion, what's the best bet on a team to win their division this year? I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers slightly over the Buffalo Bills. Only because I think the rest of the NFC North is just not strong. Um, not, not exactly the best way of phrasing it, but I, I think Buffalo's got a great opportunity, and I, and I think they're right there. It's it's kind of a photo finish. I know they have similar odds here for the division. If you threw the Chiefs into that mix, obviously you're laying a higher price with yeah. the Chiefs. Are the or Do you think the Chiefs are a better bet to win the division? Not from the point of value, but from the point of the certainty of a yes-no, they're going to win their division. No, for one reason. Okay. Because I think the Chargers are a greater threat in that division than any of the other six teams in the other two divisions. You still believe New England is the biggest threat to the Bills? I do, but I'm going to tell you, with Mac Jones starting as a rookie, I, I tend to grade, downgrade that a little bit. Look, how many rookies have success overnight? You know, we're basing on three games in the preseason, and all of a sudden this guy's going to be a superstar. Yeah, he may eventually be, but at this point in time, in 2021, when you start the season, it's going to be a lot different when you see the live bullets flying at you. You gave your nod to the Packers as the best bet to win the division, the NFC North. Is now the time to take them over 10.5 wins? I think so. You and I talked about this. I thought this was a great bet. You're trying to tell me this team's going to lose seven games? I mean, if... If we were sharp, we would have taken this when it dropped here, yeah, you know, with the Rodgers trade talk. I mean, 
you could have bet the Rodgers trade truck in who was he going to take his first snap for, or you could have got over nine wins at that point. And not only that, that, that was my mistake. And I'll no. tell you why I say that is because there was no chance in hell. I would have had to seen the draft to believe it. I mean, the trade to believe it. If you are the organization, you cannot trade away Aaron Rodgers and basically live to tell about it as a regime. If this were politics, it would be an overthrow. It would be a coup of the government there. And I, I just think that there was no way you let him walk. And I remember the other thing. He didn't have any leverage. He had to walk away from football. It's so easy just in haste to say, I'm going to walk away. Then you start to think about it. You're like, what the hell am I going to do? I believe there was a better chance he'd sit out than that they traded him. I agree with you. Because how do you get the fan base back if you trade Aaron Rodgers? I mean, that, I, that's a move I don't think you can recover from as a GM. Yeah, and you know, look, as great as Brett Favre was there, I think most people would agree Aaron Rodgers has been the better quarterback over the, his career. And they've come up a little bit short, and a little bit's been on management, the way they've handled things. I love that Aaron Rodgers spoke out about it, not re-signing Charles Woodson among a plethora of other players, but I, that would have been a catastrophic move for the team. The 1999 Rams, Kurt Warner, off uh, from stock and shelves at Hy-Vee and Cedar Falls, go from 4-12 and to 13-3, and a nine-game improvement. Which team do you believe could make that kind of a run this year? Boy, that's a great question in terms of just turning things around and looking at a bad team. Mike, I don't really see a lot of teams there. If this is just absolutely just throwing a dart, and I don't think it's going to happen, I look at Arizona because they have some offensive talent. But, I mean, look, I'm not including the Raiders. Uh, no Denver. Um, no Bears. No Minnesota Vikings. Dallas had injuries, but I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're good enough because they have some major issues defensively. I, I don't know where you look. I really don't. Well, you're not going to pick a team that won seven or eight or nine games last year because they can't make that big of an improvement. So you're looking That's at fair. teams, right, that won anywhere from one uh, to six, six games? Six games, yeah. I mean, who do you see? I don't know. Nothing really stands off them. I mean, I think the Chargers can make an improvement just because they blew some. They weren't really a seven and nine team last year. I mean, honestly, you blow five double-digit leads. I mean, that, that, team, that team with some luck could have, could have won 11 or 12 games, but I don't see them winning 14 or 15 games this year. Oh, no, just competent coaching. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing, to your point on the Chargers real quickly, you know, it's kind of like in the uh, College World Series when one of the favorites all of a sudden winds up in the elimination side bracket. You're like, what is this team doing here? It's kind of like how I feel about the Chargers. They're, they're far superior than their record indicated. There, there are games, and we have talked about this, and I go back to a, just – a game that changed the entire season, in my opinion, for both teams, Tampa mm. and the Chargers. Up 17, dry, it's raining, it's wet. Tampa's got one timeout. You have the ball inside your own 10-yard line, and you choose to run instead of taking a knee. Mike, to me, when you're interviewing these coaches for a job, you should literally be going over play situations and say, hey, what do you do here? If you're not smart enough to be able to know to take a knee in this situation, you shouldn't even be considered for the job. Which mistake was worse, that running play or Rodgers passing on second and 18 in the NFC Championship game? The uh, Chargers play. Because there was nothing to be gained. You still have Aaron Rodgers. You take a risk with a guy like him. Does Deshaun Watson play at all for the Texans of all? And if not, do you just start betting their opponents on the money line? You know, I don't I, know. I, Go ahead, let, I'm going to start with it. In Survivor, when you mapped it out before mm -hmm. you knew Christmas was its own week, you thought you were making 18 picks. Right. You did it on the breaks of one show. You had gone against the Texans 11 times out of, out of 18, correct? You still feel that way. Well, for the most part. And I don't believe Watson's going to play. I think if you're Houston, look, you're going to have to put yourself in a situation where you wind up with a top three, top five draft pick and look towards the future. I think there's too much turmoil. You're not going to be able to trade for him what you want. You know, the way they're shopping this trade, I think they think he's going to be cleared. 
Um, I'm just not sure if that's going to play out that way. I think the Texans are in serious trouble. They're going to be thrown into every money line parlay from here until the end of the season until we see some sort of improvement from them. Let's talk about week one specifically. Are you willing to play the money line on Jacksonville on the road in week one? I am that, not. That's <laughs> one I'm not willing to do because right now Jacksonville hasn't shown me anything. Um, again, it's tough. The, these preseasons, you know, Mike, I used to love betting the preseason. I can't do it anymore because I don't know what to expect out of these teams. Now, when you have situations where you have a quarterback competition where we saw between Denver playing Minnesota, we knew you're going to have a lock and Teddy Bridgewater play. Great opportunity. We saw Denver take care of business. But in most situations, it's tough to gauge. I know Jacksonville was trying to compete in all these games. But what, which game are we looking at Jacksonville? From the Browns game or the Dallas game? Yeah. Uh, finally, from a fade perspective, which teams are you looking to fade this year? You know, I think for me, the Chicago Bears are high on my list of fades. Mm. I think there's a lot of question marks defensively. I don't think this team's going to be particularly strong. I think the Miami Dolphins could be a potential fade. I have some concerns with them as well. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know if you'd include them, but I think Dallas will get a lot more hype like they do in the first four or five weeks of the season, um, unjustifiably so, and then I think that's one you take, uh, take a look at betting against. All right, I'll ask you about the teams that are on my radar to fade that I think are overvalued in terms of the season win total or their projections to win their division. How about the Steelers? I, w I am with you. I thought they were more of, remember that Colts game where they came from behind and won? Mm -hmm. I thought that was more of the, the Steelers. They're going to win some games at home, probably blow some games that they shouldn't, uh, be competitive in a couple of games you don't expect it. I think they're probably a 9-8 and eight type of team. How good is their defense? I think it's very good. But remember, you lose Bud Dupree. That's a big loss for this team. TJ Watt, you got to get him signed, uh, which I think they, oh, excuse me, they did sign him. But uh, I think it's a situation where this team, it's really going to come down to can they protect Roethlisberger? If they can do that, then I think they got a chance. And Najee Harris got to carry the mail. If they're going to be successful, I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, the number on Najee Harris is 1,200. Steelers have a good year. Najee's over 12. If they don't, he's under 12. Denver Broncos, you're looking to fade them. And are you looking to fade them more or less because you know Bridgewater is going to be the starter week one as opposed to Locke? I, first of all, I like Teddy Bridgewater far more than I do Drew Locke. The problem to me is, look, uh, Deshaun Hamilton out uh, for the year. You've got some players. You've got some injuries. Von Miller's not the same player. Look, we talk about this Denver defense like it's a Super Bowl winning team. I don't get it. They're not the same team. They're not as good. Vic Fangio, uh, I'll tell you one thing. Anthony Lynn is all-time one number one in terms of clock management. Vic Fangio, he's in the rearview mirror for Anthony Lynn. Do you think Vic Fangio, this was his first time being a head coach at any level, do you think he learns? Do you think he gets better? Do you think the organization helps him get better at game management? You know, I don't know because I think there's a lot of people in the NFL that are incompetent at game management. I and mean, we're not talking about rocket science stuff. And have you ever noticed, Mike, you see these things, these decisions are repeated constantly, week after week after week. It's like they have no clue. I mean, I can sit there and give you a laundry list of decisions coaches make every week and you're like, how did this guy get the job? I mean, for these people, two plus two equals five. Should we be playing teams that traditionally have great home field advantages but didn't last year because of a lack of fans? And by that, I mean Denver, Seattle, New Orleans, teams that have a built-in home field advantage. Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I think the Colts are going to be a better football team. Seattle, same thing. I think it was a little bit of an aberration for me. It was not necessarily a COVID situation or a lack of fans. I just don't think the teams perform particularly well. Denver with the altitude is always an advantage for that team. We'll see how effective they can be on offense. And what was the other team you mentioned? Uh, New Orleans. Yeah, Saints, unfortunately, now with the situation, it's going to be difficult to gauge. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at action on the diamond. Chris Sale goes for the Red Sox. Can they avoid the sweep at the drop?
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. We're going to have Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback, join the program in just about 20 minutes, preview a big week one in college football. I know we both have a couple of questions we've been waiting to ask Greg since his last appearance on the show. Let's take a look at some action around Major League Baseball today. I want to start out with a line. As, as you know, we used to have a show here called um, The Edge. It was in the morning, then it was at night, then it was at noon. I wish it, at some point maybe it would come back. But they used to do this, you know, Buy low, sell high on different pitchers. Um, JVT and Maddie would do them. Is today a day to buy very low on Chris Sale? Tampa Bay has been dominant in the series. The Sox get Sale here, and you can get them at even money at the drop. Yeah, you know, you look at Boston, they've lost three in a row. Rays continue to sizzle. They've won nine in a row. Mm. Um, I don't know if you want to go against this streak right now. Drew Rasmus is on the bump here. I, I don't know, Mike. I get the point because it's a low price, but... Boy, the way Tampa's playing, it's hard to go against them and tough to back Boston at this spot. Nine in a row, nobody's really talking about it. They're just they're just quietly pulling away. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the standings today. There's really only, well, you could argue the Braves are still in a little bit of jeopardy. But the only really division race is in the NL West. Dodgers yeah, now Giants, close to within a half game of the Giants. Yeah, and they got a set coming up this weekend. Yeah. Should be terrific. <laughs> uh, L.A. playing really well. Great come from behind win last night. I know they were only down one run, but the way well, Morgan was two to nothing at one point. Oh, okay. Going to yeah, the yeah. bottom of the fourth, it was right. two to nothing. And Bueller wasn't sharp. Yeah. I bet that under, he just didn't really have command. He walked a couple guys. He wasn't spotting the fastball. I thought they were in trouble with Charlie Morton on the hill. I, I did too. Morton threw too many pitches, 76 yeah, through four. And then the other thing, though, that's happening, going well for the Dodgers, 
Kenley Jansen has returned to form. Go that was going to be my big talking point for follow the money tomorrow. Jansen, I think this last five appearances has looked as good as he has in three years. He he's been terrific. You bring in Blake trying in any time between the sixth and the eighth inning, anytime you need to put out a fire. But the way now they're turning it over to Kenley, the confidence that they have, it is going to be tough. And if Cody Bellinger can just give them anything, this team is so dangerous. When I look at the Dodgers with the money that this organization has, Will Smith, uh, Walker Bueller on the bump, Trey Turner at second, Corey Seager at short, Cody Bellinger potentially in center, and Mookie Betts in right field. This should be your long-term organizational foundation. This team is going to be dangerous. Yeah, I, Bellinger, right? You could argue Bellinger's a bottom five, number eight hitter right now. I mean, that's how far <laughs> he's, yeah. he's fallen. Betts is really key in this lineup. I mean, Betts got the home run to get him their first run off Morton. I'm going to tell you something. If the Braves are going to go anywhere in the postseason, though, Morton's got to get beyond the sixth inning. I know the pitch count ran up last night, but Morton's got to get beyond the sixth inning. Um, Kikuchi pitched great last night. They hit, they hit a grand slam off Graveman in the eighth, and they beat the Astros. You know, the Yankees and Red Sox spinning their wheels here. Seattle's getting their way back into the race. Oakland's still hanging around in the wild card. This is an earlier game today. Astros continue their series um, in Seattle. They've got uh, Odorizzi, Jake Odorizzi, going against the, the, the rookie, Gilbert, today. And the he, price, Odorizzi, $1.30 road favorite. Yeah, not a bad price here, but again, I don't want to lay this with the Astros mm-hmm. on the road, and I'm not looking really to take Seattle in this spot, but I, I want to see if this Houston offense can get on track. You mentioned it last night, dominant performance by the M's pitching staff. Let's see what happens in this game. Braves, Dodgers tonight, it's your guy. Max Scherzer takes the bump. I didn't know if you were going to be including this in your plays, maybe a run-line play. He goes against Max Freed. 11 and 7 in his sophomore seasons season here. Did you pull the trigger with Mad Max? I did not. Okay. Price is too high. And remember, a couple of factors here. You got, first of all, when's the last time you had two Maxes going against each other? Max <laughs> Fried, Max Scherzer. But keep in mind, remember, Max Fried pitched at Harvard Westlake in Southern California, making a homecoming. If you look at Fried's numbers in his last five or six starts, he has been tremendous. Mike, I don't want to lay the number here. I thought about taking under seven and a half. I think Scherzer pitches well, and so does Fried. I did too. That game last night, I, you know, I played the first five under four. You looked at it at the seven and a half. We thought it might be a yeah. flat seven. Really was no jeopardy for the whole game unless you had gone to extra innings if the Raves, if the Braves could have scored against Jensen here. I'm thinking about Dodgers on the run line, but I'm, I agree with you. I think it's going to be another tight, low-scoring game. Yeah, I think this is a 4-3-3-2 type of game just like we had last night. I would be looking at the under seven and a half here. Didn't end up playing this one yet, but I, I'll tell you, and I know we'll get into the, your plays in just a, uh, on the other side of the break, but Mike, to me, uh, too high of a price on the Dodgers, especially with Freed on the bump, but 7.5, not a bad number. Have you been impressed by what the Brewers have done the first two nights in San Francisco? I have, yeah. The pitching has been tremendous. I, I was kicking myself for not taking uh, uh, Woodruff yesterday. Yeah. Last night, Blake Snell takes a no-hitter through seven. I think he was right around 100 pitches. Were you surprised? It was 6-7-8 coming up in the order. Were you surprised Tingler didn't give him a chance to go out there in the eighth? Uh, not really, because you knew he wasn't going to be able to get through the pitch count to get through the ninth. Yeah, I guess no hitters into the, no hit. What would this be? The eighth or ninth no hitter this year? Not quite as special as what it once was. If Snell Snell's regained his form, three starts in a row, he's been dynamite. We talked about how good he was against the Dodgers. No hitter through seven last night. If Snell's right, does this Padre team still have a chance to be a wild card? I oh, I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. They just need to get it going. You know, have a good stretch down, just a good ten game stretch, and they can make hay. Darvish goes tonight. He's a two dollar road favorite against the Diamondbacks. Too high of a price. How about over eight and a half in this one? All right. When we come back, we'll get into our place.
Now is the perfect time to start planning your football contest strategy, and the VSIN Pro Football Guide is the perfect way to start. Our VSIN experts have won major football contests around Vegas. Our guide will give you insight on both against the spread contest and survivor pools. Download the VSIN NFL Guide today for only $19.99, or get VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Simply go to vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Amal, we really haven't talked about it that much on this show, but it's still a huge overlay in our contest here at Circa. We just crossed the 2,000-person threshold for Survivor. We still have 4,000 more to go and really just 10 days left now. Hey, listen, this is like a campaign. Got to rally troops. Get out there. Start shaking hands and kissing babies. You need people in here. Yeah, uh, we'll do that. I'm going to go on with Pharrell on the bench uh, uh, later today, and of course I'll be on follow the money tomorrow morning. But I, I think this time he doesn't get there. I think oh Andy Dufresne, Derek Stevens, there's no, there's no hollowed out tunnel for him to escape this year. You're gonna do 400 a day. I think our best day we did 160 over the weekend. You average 400 survivor entries a day. I'm, I don't know. It'll be interesting if the market will allow an overlay. You guys couldn't find a poster of old fuzzy britches there. <laughs> I know Bill Krakenberger probably come in here and and start looking as well as some of the other advantage players. Frank B's been high promoting this thing. Just, look, they're not going to get there. So if you know something about the sport, there's there's a built-in overlay. Yeah, but here's the thing about that statement where I have just a tremendous problem with it. Okay. At the end of the day, you still have to be able to navigate through uh, potentially, you know, in essence, in Survivor, you could actually only have to win one week, right? If everybody else, if every person got knocked out in week one, you would theoretically win. But the reality is you got to be able to navigate the season. And just because there are fewer entries and there's, you know, greater possibility of you winning more money doesn't still change the fact that you got to be able to do it. Whether, you know, you get what I'm saying? I mean, you still have to be able to pull, pick games over 20 weeks. We had a, uh, a question sent in from Twitter during the panel, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was directed at Las Vegas Chris, who's had great success in both Survivor and in yeah. the Against the Spread contest. They said, if you had a $3,000 budget to enter the circuit contest, I, I already love the question. How would you apply it? And he says it depends on how you're going to play it. If your strategy in Survivor is just pick the biggest favorite every week to advance, don't even waste your money on that. Yeah. The big favorites are great for contest players that don't use them. Then you have a chance for a big chunks of the field to get knocked out against. Yeah. The other thing I would advocate for in the Survivor contest is just because um, you know a team is a favorite or you're afraid everybody's going to be on a certain game, doesn't mean you still shouldn't play it. I think there's certain circumstances where... You know, for me, there's factors involved as to why I may not play somebody. But uh, the Kansas City game against the the Panthers last year was the game where a lot of people were on it. They end up barely winning that when Joey Sly misses some 64, 65-yard field goal. Uh, how many entries are you doing this year, Mo? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, the amendments you guys have made. I know you're not a fan. That's an understatement. It, it, because, Mike. What, is there a possibility you're not going to participate? I don't. I really, honestly, you I had so much fun with it last year, though. Yeah, you have fun when you win things. I, I mean, you right still like, enjoyed it. Yeah, listen, you still enjoyed it. Let me, let me tell you, I'm looking forward strategy. to the ass kicking that Ohio State's going to administer in Minneapolis tomorrow. All right. Now, last segment we talked about baseball games. We previewed the Braves and the Dodgers. You said you didn't have a play. You thought long and hard over the three-minute break, and you've come up with a play on the game. Yeah, I like this game under a 7.5. I was looking back at some of the numbers. Scherzer's been tremendous for the Dodgers, and, of course, I talked about Max Fried and what he's been able to do. Mike, going to go to the well one more time. Took it last night. Bit of a sweat, even though you alluded to it. Didn't really get there, but it felt like if it goes to extras, you know, the Rob Manfred rule is an underkiller. Uh, hopefully we don't go there here tonight. So going to go under 7.5. Chavez Ravine, Max Fried, 
and Max Scherzer on the mound. I did a parlay. This is this is already underway. I did this a doubleheader because of the postponement yesterday. St. Louis uh, playing in Cincinnati. Now they only lead Cincinnati and the Padres are tied for the second wild card. St. Louis two and a half games behind. I did a parlay. I'm losing the first game right now. Uh, I have Miley and Gray in this parlay. It's five four. Miley gave him twelve hits before. I mean they tagged him. He just was not any good today. Fortunately, Mikolas not that great either. That's really the reason I made this play. They're down five to four right now. We're in the top of the fifth. Remember, these are seven inning games, and if we can get through it, then we've got Sonny Gray in the second one. Should the Reds win both games, this is plus one ninety seven on this two teamer. Also, I took a dog today. I think you know the Indians are not out of it. Yeah, I know. I know it's a stretch of possibility. Plesac was great again yesterday. I'm going to take him against Logan. I take Logan Allen against the Royals today. I mean, why the Royals favored in this game? I'm not sure. Plus one sixteen on Allen. Angels hanging around a little bit here. Get to play some weak teams in that central division. Maybe they can make a run. And then a lot of World Cup qualifying games today. I know the, the leagues are off because of the World Cup qualifiers, at least the European leagues, off this week. Um, Russia, Croatia, under 2.5. I'll lay the 40 cents here. These games should be a little bit uh, more nervy as they're playing for a big stake here to get into World Cup play. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, I like this underplay here because these games tend to be a little bit more defensive as you go towards World Cup qualifying. So... This is what is the case right now. Uh, your Reds play, my only concern is, Reds trailing right now 5-4 in game one. If they come back and win the game, I think based on this game, though, it won't be bad because if you have a come-from-behind win, it gives you a little bit of momentum. But I generally like in the doubleheaders, especially a team, if they lost the first game, like potentially Cincinnati could do, uh, end up coming up short here. I, I think it's an even better play if they lose this game. Hap goes in the second game uh, against Sonny Gray. And then the concern is that they've had trouble against lefties. The, yeah. re the Reds have here. But Hap, I'm, I'm a fade Hap guy at this point. I tend to agree with you. Crafty lefty. Yeah. Um, as we're looking at college football here this coming weekend, we're going to talk to Greg McElroy about it. Have you decided on any of these uh, Thursday, Friday games? You talked about the Buckeyes tomorrow night. Have you laid 14 with them or possibly included them in a Moneyline parlay? Yeah, I did both. Um, you know, I think they got a great chance. Look, I, I, here's the thing. I'm not worried about C.J. Stroud being a freshman. You know, we've already anointed Bryce Young the greatest thing ever. They're putting Alabama at number one despite the fact that they got three returning starters on offense, even though Clemson's got 10 guys back on defense and should be a terrific football team this year. To me, against a team like Minnesota, remember Minnesota, went, uh, Minnesota lost by 25 at home to Michigan, Michigan. last year. Uh, but that, that doesn't have anything to do with the Buckeyes going on the road. I know Minnesota will be fired up. Different season. You're going to have the crowd ready to go in there. Remember, we didn't have an a crowd last year, so different scenario. But I think Ohio State talent, the talent is just too overwhelming for Minnesota. I think they benefit also Ohio State. to get to play this game in August. Yep. They don't have to go to Minneapolis in late October or in, in early November and deal with horrific weather. Yeah, JT Barrett and company 2014, he had the big run in the first uh, play of the game, first sequence rather, and from there on, they struggled that game. But I think Minnesota, uh, it's going to be tough for them. Mike, another thing here I would look at potentially is the under- possibly in this game, because I don't know if Minnesota is going to be able to uh, necessarily score enough points. I have some concerns about their passing game. Their running game is terrific. Mohamed Ibrahim, to me, if you played on a bigger program, would be a national conversation in terms of running backs. Long term, you think the boat rower is going to be successful in Minneapolis. How do you define successful? I, I would Eight say... Eight and five? I would, no, no, I would say he wins a Big a Big Ten West title at some point, that side of the division at some point. You, you remember you wanted... Uh, what, who's the guy at Ohio? Frank Solish back in Lincoln? Yeah. They want Fra they, they need Glenn Mason back in Minneapolis. They were good. Well, he had some great running attacks, oh, didn't he? Oh, my God. They just Maroney came up with stud after stud oh, after stud in that backfield. They, they could compete with any Division One team for running backs at that point. And speaking of Division One teams and great backfields, up next we're going to talk to Greg McElroy, the national championship quarterback from the University of Alabama.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers new feature Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, get $250 match bonus, fastest payouts, and only one-time playthrough at Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Not valid in Iowa. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Shawn. It's our pleasure to have joined the show again Greg McElroy calls college football for ESPN, host of uh, co-host with uh, of Mac and Cube. That's on WJOX nine forty five in Birmingham, seven to ten uh, weekdays. Welcome into the program again, Greg. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, let's start off with the news out of New England. The Patriots release Cam Mac Jones, University of Alabama guy, gets a chance to start in week number one. He goes from plus twelve hundred to plus five dollars, five to one in the offensive rookie of the year uh, numbers in that market. Do you think there's some value in betting Mac at five to one to win offensive rookie of the year now? No, I'll tell you the value I like, which is I, I mean the the rookie of the year is so tough. I always think it almost always goes to a running back or a skill position player because their uh, shortcomings won't be felt as badly. Some point, and unlike you know. <laughs> basically just like every other 
NFL player, Mac Jones is going to have a three-interception game. And because he plays for the Patriots, everyone's going to talk about it. That's going to influence, I think, the way people vote in the rookie of the year vote way down the line. But the number that I am really keep going back to is Damian Harris rushing touchdown total. Because now that Cam Newton's no longer on the roster, he's not going to be sniping touchdowns from the one yard line. So they're going to hand it in a little more traditional sense. And if Damian Harris can stay healthy, he might be in line to rush for an awful lot of touchdowns this year. So if there was one play I was going to make based on what transpired between Mac Jones, Cam Newton, everything revolving around the Patriots quarterback situation, that was the play that kind of jumped out to me. I think you can get a decent value still too, because it hasn't really moved just yet. I like that call. I'm a big fan of Damian Harris. I also thought, Greg, he didn't have a lot of tread on his tires when he came out of Alabama because they had so many mixture of guys there. So I like that call you just made there. I want to go to the collegiate game Saturday. Let's go to the marquee game in Charlotte between Georgia and Clemson. Georgia dealing with a couple of critical injuries. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have, particularly Washington, the tight end, uh, being a missing for Georgia in this matchup against Clemson? Clemson, they've got everyone back. Skowski and Turner back for their 15th and 16th seasons, respectively. How well do you think this Clemson team does? Yeah, 15 and 16, they're, they're vets. There's no <laughs> doubt. Super, super, super seniors uh, with those guys, for sure. Uh, I, I've been leaning Clemson in this game for a while, and I've seen the number hover around three, three and a half. Some places it got down. Or it got up to four. Uh, I've just never really understood where the love for Georgia is coming from. I'm not saying I don't like Georgia's roster, but if you look back at Georgia's performances over the course of time, over the course of time, they are three and nine in AP top five matchups. Clemson, on the other hand, nine and six. So historically speaking, Clemson is certainly the better play. And then you look a little deeper into the injuries that you described. Yeah, Washington being out six to eight weeks with a foot injury is a problem, but they also lost their other tight end, Eric Gilbert, who was supposed to be Kyle Pitts 2.0, and he's no longer with the team right now. He's been away all fall camp. So who's the tight end that's stepping up? Because I don't know who that is. And you couple that with the fact that George Pickett, their number one wide receiver, goes down with a torn ACL back in April. He's going to be back. It's just a matter of whether or not he's effective. So he's out. So who's going to be the go-to guy at wide receiver? Uh, I don't know that answer right now. And your center, your center. The Georgia Bulldogs have a center right now that might have to snap left-handed because his right hand is injured. And I don't like the idea of having to snap with your off hand and block maybe the best defensive tackle in the country in Brian Brzee. So I just think everything that's transpired, if these teams were completely 100% healthy, I would lean Clemson, but with them not being 100% healthy and knowing that Georgia has a couple things that they need to overcome from an injury standpoint, I think Clemson wins the game comfortably. So I'm laying those three points. I feel really good about it. And if anything, I, I mean, it might be the best play of the weekend. It really might. You can make a case for it. You know, after all these injuries, you mentioned the Erickson injury at center. Tyreek Smith in the secondary also Mike out for Georgia. That's going to be a big blow. And the one thing that I think that bodes well for Clemson, they got embarrassed in their last game defensively. Brent Venables has got something to prove. Greg, I want to. Yeah, I mean, that's always something, too. I mean, Venables is going to find a way to bring pressure and heat you up. And they do a really good job of, of recognizing signals and, and making adjustments on the fly. So I, I'm with you 100%. I mean, JT Daniels, everyone said, well, he's this year's Joe Burrow. 
And I, I've watched JT Daniels for now three years. I, I think he's a good player. Uh, I don't think he's Joe Burrow. But, hey, I've been wrong before. I was wrong about Joe Burrow. So we'll see uh, if JT can have a season that's amazing. I think there's not enough talk going on about DJ Uyunglele on the other side. So I think it's Ben Roethlisberger 2.0. I think mean, that guy's the real deal there at Clemson pulling the trigger. Talking with Greg McElroy. You can find him on Twitter at Greg McElroy. Worked for ESPN. Won a national championship with the University of Alabama, so he's in a very select club of quarterbacks that have done that. Greg, I want to ask a, a follow-up question on the game because you quoted the, the trend about top five matchups and the overall record of Clemson versus Georgia. How much credence do you give to that? Does it really matter what Mark Richt did 10 years ago with a totally different group of kids, how Georgia's going to perform this weekend? It doesn't as much as far as how Georgia's performed. It's more about how Clemson performed. Clemson has not been a fixture in the top five for the better part of the last five decades. Their vast majority of their top five matchups have actually come in the last handful of years because they've been a consistent performer in the playoffs. They've been a team that's won national championships, two to be exact, in the last six years so or five years. So uh, really, I think all of their top five AP matchup successes have happened in the last five or six years, or a vast majority of those successes have happened in the last five or six years. So they've performed better in a recent history than Georgia has in the last five or six years as well. They've also had more cracks at it too. So uh, I think Clemson at this point is really valuable. I think just so, too much hype surrounding Georgia so you're right. Yeah, you can't apply historical trends, especially not dating back over the course of time. I mean, some of these games that were played, a lot of these kids weren't even born. But the ones that Clemson's played, a uh, most majority of them, not only were they born, but they've actually participated in the game. So uh, I think that actually does play a little bit of a role in this one. Uh, and it's not so much about Georgia's missteps. It's more about Clemson's ability to perform at a high level and compartmentalize some of the distractions that lead up to a top-five matchup. Yeah, I, I, go ahead, Mike. I'm discounting Danny Ford beating Tom Osborne in the Orange Bowl in the <laughs> early 80s. But, Greg, I want to talk about a game that I've had circled, and it's it's LSU going to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. I thought it was great, the dominant win of UCLA, even though DTR didn't play good against a, a what well, looks like a below-average Hawaii team and far as keeping this number close to a field goal. But here's my concern. How big of an advantage is it that UCLA got that game under their belt and LSU is going to be taking their first live-action snaps of the season? I think it's a pretty significant advantage because you're actually limited in fall camp this year. You can only have nine padded practices. So having a game week zero and playing against a team that hasn't played in week number one in a big matchup, I I do think is fairly significant. Uh, but what I would say is I think UCLA is extremely trendy. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved what I saw last week, and I don't think that was all about Hawaii. A lot of people are saying, well, it was Hawaii. It was Hawaii. I understand that. But if you look at the complexities of their run game and how much they can get guys moving in one direction with the ball going in a completely different direction and how they cut the field in half offensively by saying, all right, on this side of the offensive line, they're going to do this play on this side of the offensive line. They're going to do this play. And the quarterback based on the pre-snap look, will choose the play that will be most advantageous to creating positive yardage. So there's a lot that I love about the scheme that we witnessed last week from UCLA. And you couple the fact that hurricane Ida right now has hit Louisiana and a lot of the players for LSU after they relocated 
to Houston have family that's been affected by Hurricane Ida. So people are wondering, well, is it going to have an impact on LSU? Is it going to be a distraction? All those things I think are very fair. But when you really get down to the roster and you go one through 85 for LSU and one through 85 for UCLA, LSU is the far more talented team. They have more NFL guys on the roster. And while this team for UCLA is four years in the making and Chip Kelly's done a great job of revitalizing this program and building for this 2021 season, I don't think they can overcome the talent gap that currently exists. So I actually think because of all the trendiness of UCLA, all the conversation centering around LSU, I think you're getting LSU at a pretty significant discount. And I, I know UCLA is where the sharp money is right now. So I think people are overreacting a little bit to what we've seen so far. Greg, uh, we got a, just a little over a minute left. I want to get your take on the Brian Harson hiring at Auburn and how you think he's going to do there. It's been criticized a lot on this network, a lot on your network, and the fact you bring a guy from, you know, west of the Mississippi in there to try to be successful in SEC territory, especially in the state of Alabama. Uh, I really like him. I think he's excellent. And I think he is a regimented guy that, yes, does it feel a little bit like a fish out of water? Yeah, to a certain extent. But Nick Saban's from Toledo, Ohio, went to Kent State and grew up in West Virginia. It's not like he's from the SEC footprint. He's come down here from Michigan State, had no previous experience in the South, and won a national championship in only a couple years at LSU. It can be done. I'm not saying Brian Hart is going to win the national championship. All I'm saying is it doesn't matter where you're from. It only matters the type of culture you create. And Brian Harson knows how to create a remarkably good culture like he did at Boise State. Greg, thanks for the time again. We look forward to listening to you on College Football Broadcast this season. All right, thanks, guys, so much. Y'all have a great day. I thought he made a great point on the Harson situation there. I, I, one thing uh, I didn't get a chance to ask him about is I wanted to ask him about this Alabama-Miami game. I, I'm telling you, I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I love the under here. Fire away. Stay tuned to Visa. <laughs> Up next, Betting Across America. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.